talking about grief today. Woo! What a, what a subject for a Sunday morning. It has become apparent to me that we are all, mostly because I am, and I'm looking around and I'm going, yep, yeah, we are one. <laughs> we are all in COVID fatigue. Amen. Our adrenaline has been way too high for way too long. We can't maintain four hours a day. And what we're doing in that COVID fatigue and in our grief, our grief. Raise your hand if you've lost somebody very close to you in the past year and a half. Yeah, I should have said raise your hand if you haven't lost. to observe our usual grief rituals where we come together and tell stories and hug and support one another and have wakes and parties and all of that kind of stuff. And that has its own grief. And it also, if that is the way we're used to grieving, and I think telling the stories of the loved one is one of the most important ways that we grieve, sharing the stories. And we don't get to do that hurts. And then some time passes and we think, I should be over this by now. So I'm just going to go out and try to be nice. <laughs> try to be good. Except that guy! It's getting on my third lesson. <laughs> and it happens. It happens all the time. It happens all the time. It happened to me this morning. I yell at God for no reason at all. <laughs> I went back in the house and I was looking to find my keys because I needed to have mine in case I needed to do something with the doors here. And I flipped on the light and I still couldn't see. And I realized it's because I had my sunglasses on. So I took them off and I went to look for my keys, made sure they were in my purse. And Bob said, what do you have the light on for? I went, I don't have Or something like that. And I don't know how to translate it exactly. It was not cuss words, but y'all, it was an overreaction. We do 
not, and we are all tired, whether we're tired today or not from last night's sleep, we are tired of having to be alert, of having to remember to where you wear your mask and with whom, and you know, a lot of that. And we've lost people. We've lost people to death. We've lost our proximity to people. There are people in our lives where we still get to talk to them on the phone, but we haven't had, you know, hand-to-hand -hand embracing yet. There are, we've lost smiles, y'all. Michael was very politely introducing me to these new guests that he brought today. And as we discussed, and he said, well, David plays Irish music. And I was like, oh, do you know Steve Harrison? And he said, well, that's my nephew. I'm like, oh, David! <laughs> we didn't, we didn't recognize each other. We both had our masks on. That's how weird life has gotten, y'all. That's how weird life has gotten. So we've lost our other grief besides for people. It's the places we're used to being. We lost for a long time being able to even be in the sanctuary with each other at the same time. For more than a year, from mid-March until the 1st of May, we lost that. We have it back again. We celebrate having it back again, and like humans, we start taking that for granted and go, well, why can't I do anything else? And it's not time to open the social hall yet. It's not time to take off our masks and eat and drink with each other in close proximity in an enclosed space. It's simply not time yet. And so we find things to fulfill us that aren't the thing that we really want. And if you focus, if I focus, if we focus on the thing that we cannot have, we are guaranteeing our unhappiness. I'll give you a written guarantee. I'll sign it. But if you focus if we focus on what we do have, on what we do have and express gratitude for it, we get, we get a lot better. Doesn't mean our grief is over. Doesn't necessarily mean we're not tired anymore. But it means that maybe when someone says, why do you turn on the light? You say, oh, I just turned it on for a second. You don't say, oh, I just <laughs> We've lost our activities. We've lost, we've lost the normalcy of going, I don't feel like I did that. Let's go out. Oh, where are we going to go? Do they wear a mask there? Do they have outdoor seating? Blah, blah, blah. We've lost some of our entertainment, sporting events, theater, the arts. I don't want to go to a museum unless I know there aren't going to be a whole lot of other people there. We've lost parties. We lost the holidays. We lost a whole year of holidays. A whole year of holidays. Well, we didn't get to do exactly what we wanted to do. And you know what, y'all? Really what we've lost is the illusion that we ever got to do exactly what we wanted to do. Because the number one thing that people come to a minister about, I'm telling you, is my family's coming for the holidays. Help me through this. <laughs>
got to enjoy while we had it. And now we have freedom to do a lot of things. We can focus on the things we can do and take advantage of those freedoms. And we can be happier in that way, even in our grief, even in our fatigue. Another thing that we've lost is the trust in public. We've, trust, we've lost trust in our fellow human beings because they don't agree with us on things that are really important, we think. We've lost faith in our leaders. We've lost faith in our, I mean, how do you know the truth is anymore? You go on the internet and find 17 million different things. Who do you trust? We've lost that feeling of trust, but that was always an illusion, you We were always not in control. We were always sharing the planet with a whole bunch of people with a whole bunch of different ideas than ours. And guess what? Every one of them is as scared, as tired, and is grieving as much as you are, whether or not they know it or have admitted it to themselves. And so what's called for, what's called for today, what's called for every day is grace. And luckily we can call on grace. We can say, you know what, I can't figure it out. But there is something larger than me. You can just call it the energy of love if you want to. I call it God, that's my shorthand. Good orderly direction. We have that. We can call on grace. And when we call on grace, grace comes to us. Sometimes it comes to us when we haven't called on it, and we're leaning down like this, and it hits us on the back of the head, and we never see it. So when we are open to grace, at every moment, when we remind ourselves over and over and over again, there is grace, there is love in this world. And love is a powerful force. And then when we remember that we can ask for grace, that we can get grace, that we can open ourselves to the grace that is available to us, then maybe we can give some grace to the other people in our lives. But the other people on the television, the other people that we're judging, that we're calling other, even though we go to a church called the Church of One Love, and we believe we are all one, except you. <laughs> Well, you know what? You don't have to look at that. You can call on grace. You can say, I don't know how to love that. So there is a love that's larger than me, that lives through me and as me and in me and is all around me. And I can call on that love that is greater than my own little human egoic love. I can call on that love and that love will answer. That love will answer. I promise you. I give you a written guarantee. I give you a written guarantee. I would. Absolutely. We long to feel better, but the world is not cooperating. Guess what? It's not going to cooperate. And we want someone to blame. Guess what? There's no one to blame. That is a human thing. Somebody must be. I feel awful. Must be somebody's fault. <laughs> not mine. And I'm not saying, I'm not scolding you or us. I'm not scolding myself. I am simply going, oh, Sometimes I have to call it out in order to call it up. I have to go, ah, I have to look at this thing. I have to become aware. And then from there, I can lift it if I need to. 
I can ask for grace if I need to, but if I, if I go nose to the grindstone with my old judgments and, and constantly and no one is doing it right, then I can't. I can't see, I can't see beyond that. I can't see above it. I can't see the grace that's coming toward me. And Lord knows I can't give grace. And that is not a good feeling. It's not a good feeling. And so, we have faced and are facing a situational change. Change is something that happens to us. We didn't, we didn't choose it. Sometimes we choose change, but this change right here, the loss of people, the loss of the world as we knew it, that's not a change that we brought. But what we have to do is make a transition, which is the process of letting go of the way things used to be and starting to get familiar with the way things are right now. And it's a letting go. And you know what? My mother bought this poster when, for my sister when she was nine. That if you love something, set it free. <laughs> if it comes back, it's yours. If it doesn't, it never was. You're not going to lose something that's important. All the important things are with you. All your life and through death. I believe that. So here's a paradox. I'm going to read this from a book called The Way of Transition by William Bridges. Here is a paradox, the very things we now wish that we could hold on to and keep safe from change were themselves originally produced by changes. And many of those changes in their day looked just as daunting as any in the present do, no matter how solid and comfortable and necessary whatever we're holding on to feels today, it was once new, untried, and uncomfortable. Because change is not only the path ahead of us, it's the one we've traveled along all the while. Whew. Think about that for a minute. So here's the problem. We are in transition. And here's the problem with transition. We're not just coming to terms with the change that's happened. We're coming to terms with a part of ourselves we've lost in trying to adjust to that. Part of myself that was a daughter. I lost a big piece of it when my father died. I lost the last of it when my mother died. I'm still a daughter, but it's hard. That piece of myself I have to come to terms with. I'm next in line. <laughs> That's the thing I have to come to terms with. Not what was had been, I do have to release and have to go, what now? What now? You know, I guarantee, if you just say, I keep saying guarantee, guarantee, I very, very, very rarely give guarantees, but really, if you'll say to yourself many, many times a day, what now? Instead of, oh, if that hadn't, she hadn't, if only I, why couldn't? What now? Okay, I am where I am. No going back, I am where I am, what now? What now? Do I want to face it with love and grace? Or do I want to face it by finding someone to blame and spewing my vitriol on them? Or someone to blame and secretly building up steam inside me? 
building a case so that one day I can confront them and say, not only there's all of this too. <laughs> I got a list, buddy. We do that. That's human. We do that. Don't feel bad about yourself because you do that. But I'm telling you, you feel bad when you do it and there is another way. What now? What now? We're in the hallway right now, y'all. That's why it's so uncomfortable. We have left a room. Mm -hmm. And we cannot go back to it. Every major change that has happened in the world. Y'all, the Civil War, World War One, World War Two. When people were in the middle of that, they had no idea that it could ever end. Mm. Now we know World War II ended in 1945. But in 1941 and 43, people were just slogging through this endless thing. And people were dying and they were losing loved ones. And nothing was the same. And it ended. And nothing is the same. Because when the change happens, nothing is the same. Ever again, we can't hold on to that. We can look for the good in what there is. And in New Thought, we're pretty good at doing that. We're pretty good at going, okay, here's my new goal. Here's my new whatever. And I'm going to put my attention and my mind and my heart and my love power and my energy toward that thing so that I can manifest it in my life. Right now, though, we're in the hallway. We haven't found the other door. And we don't know exactly what's on the other side of it. We have hopes for what's on the other side, but we don't know what it is. But I promise you, this too will pass. It will. The one thing that is absolutely guaranteed by not just me, but anybody, is that things will change. That's what the Buddha said. Things change. We live in a world of constant change, and all suffering comes from holding on to the things that change. And so we can set ourselves free from suffering by letting go, holding lightly. Doesn't mean we have to not love. I'll always love my mother, but I gotta hold that it's a different kind of love. I'm not a caregiver anymore. It's a different kind of love. And so, during this time in the hallway, the other thing that happens is what I call grief resonance. Have you ever noticed that when you grieve one thing, it's like every grief in your past comes up? Because grief is never truly over. Grief is never truly over. You can lose a dog and start bawling for your mother and your daughter. You can lose a mother and start bawling for your father. You can watch people you love lose people that they love and fall over that because you know what their pain is. And all of that is good. We get to express it. We get to be with each other in it in different ways perhaps than we used to be do get to do that. If you're feeling really bad, write a letter to somebody that you love. Write a letter. Don't just text. Write a letter. You can even write a letter to a person who is no longer with us on this earth. Write a letter. Because that grief resonance, the way, it's like the same vibration of grief in the past. Now we're vibrating at that same level. It's all beautiful, it's all 
grace, it's all right. And we are going to make it. So I'm telling you, stop scaring yourself. That's step one. That is wisdom from Louise Hay. When she was working with HIV uh, patients way back in the 80s and 90s, she said, first, stop scaring yourself. You don't actually know what's going to happen. So stop scaring the crap out of yourself. Why are you doing that? I said, crap. <laughs> Second time. I'll put something in the jar. <laughs> stop scaring yourself because you don't know what's coming. You don't know what's next. It's not necessarily horrible. It's probably not horrible. And you don't have any control of it anyway. And you do have an eternal, infinite love that you can count on to get you through whatever it is. So focus on that instead of on what you're scared of. And then pay attention to yourself. Pay attention to your own wounds. If you're tired, listen to that. Rest. If you're feeling mean, listen to that. I'm not a mean person, but I sure get mean sometimes. That is a clue for me. That is my teacher. My own meanness is my teacher. Ooh, stop, children. What's that sound? very, very, very simple and very, very, very hard to do. 